Yeah, now more than ever, people are really looking for answers of certainty. I heard someone say the other day that they really enjoyed the five minutes of break we had between a pandemic and World War III. You know, and here we are, not to make light of those things, but we didn't really get much of a breather, did we? Um, And now more than ever, people are trying to find answers of certainty they can trust in during very uncertain times, during times of great uh, anxiety. And the good news is that Jesus' I am statements give us a lot of firm statements about Jesus saying who he is, what he has come to offer, and how we can receive that into our lives personally. I think a lot of people are looking to believe in God. I know a lot of people here, obviously, the majority of us are believers. There are definitely people who are watching this or listening to this that are somewhere on the fence. You don't really know where you're at with the whole faith in God thing, and that's okay. And I think more people would believe in God if they knew that they could get God to give them um, answers, right? If God gave me answers and access to God, then maybe I would believe. If God would... Um, give me a protection, if I knew God was protecting me, then maybe I would believe in God. And the good news is that we're gonna hear what Jesus say today is that his statements are offering answers, access, and protection in what he has come to offer as the gate, as the gate. This is the second week of our I Am series and Jesus gives us imagery that, uh, that, that we need, that God knows we need more than we know what we need. So today, this is the imagery Jesus gives us for answers, access, and protection, for certainty. This is the image that would be in their minds back then and could be in our minds today. A rock wall, uh, (laughs) a sheep pen. This is what I want you all to be picturing while we're reading this passage from John 10. I mean, we could... You could be thinking, you know, God could be a thundercloud. God could be a giant God with a big beard on a throne. God could be throwing lightning bolts. But why in the world would God choose the imagery of a gate and a sheep pen to relate to us as human beings? Well, deep fundamental questions like answers, access, protection require some deep fundamental answers. God knows what we need more than we know what we need. And an ancient sheep gate, this would have been a very common sight back in those times, and it's still a common sight in the Middle East today, this picture of a sheep gate. Jesus said, as we're about to read in John 10, be picturing this in your mind, that this is the sheepfold that they'd be kept in at night. And obviously there's a gate to it. And this is what he says in John 10, verse one. Very truly, I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate, but climbs in by another way is a thief and a bandit. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger, but they will run from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used his figure of speech with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. Jesus picks up on that. Okay, you're not tracking with me. So again, Jesus says to them, very truly, I tell you plainly, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and bandits, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me and enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture 
The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, who is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because the hired hand does not care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice, so there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it up again. I have received this command from my Father. Let's look at this, the functional aspects of gates as we unpack what we just heard. The first is that gates provide access. Obviously, I mean, for example, if I was invited to your house for lunch or dinner, which I would gladly accept an invitation if anyone's looking to do so, but if you invited me over to your home and I was expected to be there at a certain time, and I didn't knock the door at that time, and you wonder where I was, but then you hear a noise on the upstairs of your home, and you run into a bedroom, and there I am crawling through a window. We would have a problem on our hands, wouldn't we? You and I would have problems. You'd have a headline on the High Point Enterprise, pastor arrested, breaking, entering, things of that nature. Gates, doors, provide appropriate places to enter and to exit, the appropriate place. Because when you try and jump the fence, you try and circumvent how it's supposed to be, it never goes well, does it? Like, I remember I went to Carowinds a long time ago with friends, and we were pumped to ride Top Gun. That was the roller coaster that had just opened. Now it's called something else. Um, and uh, we got there when they opened. We ran through the gate to get there and first in line, and we wanted to, to, so we hopped a fence to get toward the front of Top Gun, and I slip and fall and, like, you know, cut my knee really bad, you know? When we jump fences or we crawl through windows or we circumvent the proper way things are set up, um, it doesn't go well. Gates are the only proper way to get to what's inside. It's the only way to experience what's inside, if you, but you have to go through the right way. If you jump over the wall, Jesus says those that jump over the wall are thieves. You're a liar. You're a pretender. You have something to hide, Right? if you're not going through the way that you're supposed to go. His, his, his invitation of I am the gate is an invitation for access to God and the sheepfold that are already inside the sheep pen. Going through the gate is far more joyful and correct than trying to jump the wall and be included on your own ability or your own strength. Jesus doesn't want us to be pretenders. He doesn't want us to be liars. He wants us to come to God the way that God wants us to come. Secondly, gates provide uh, protection. Gates provide an enclosure in which the protection of God covers us, keeps out intruders, right? A few years ago, uh, as many of you know, I'm a big fan of going to Costco. Uh, I typically walk out of Costco with more than I intended to to do so. I think Costco is a Greek word that means death by a thousand cuts. Um, You come out of it, but um, I love that store, 
And to get to the Costco near where I live, I found an apartment complex that was near it and you could cut through it and save some time of traffic. So I was feeling really cool about myself that I could do that. And I would, every time I'd cut through this apartment complex and pull up behind Costco. Well, pretty soon they got wind of that at the apartment place and they started lowering their gates as well they should to keep out through traffic and weirdos like me. And, and that's what they did. And the gate provided protection and safety for the people on the inside of that place. See, Jesus provides not just safety, but a safe place for people. A place to be with your people, with God's people. A safe place where you can be saved. But outside of those gates, you're vulnerable. Jesus said wolves can come and attack you and steal your life, murder you, scatter the flock. There's safety within the boundaries of God's covenant. There's safety within God's protection and there's safety in God's leadership over your life. There's safety in God's covenant over your life. A lot of postmodern people seem to think that boundaries somehow restrict our joy. This is true. We reject any sort of rule or, or um, prognostication that tells us how we ought to live. And I'm the arbiter of right and wrong. I choose what's best. I don't need to listen to someone else's rules from my life. I can decide how I get joy and how I will live. Here's the great fallacy of that, is that if you think that boundaries inhibit your self-expression, if you think that boundaries hold down your joy, you're wrong. Boundaries actually offer God's protection in your life. It's like the guardrails on a road. They keep us safe. There's safety in God's covenant. Um, there's a show that used to be on ABC called Super Nanny. Anybody ever watch this show? It's this English woman that would come into homes and, and uh, help young parents figure out what to do. I can summarize every single episode for you if you'd like me to. It's basically parents needed to get a backbone. And Super Nanny comes in and says, okay, we're gonna have rules and, uh, and et cetera, et cetera, and have boundaries for your kids. And that these kids are miserable because none of them had boundaries every single time. See, they had bought into the postmodern thing that boundaries would somehow make my children miserable. But many times when kids act up, they're crying out for boundary. They're, 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 they're screaming for, for leadership in their life. Boundaries don't restrict children. They set them free. Amen? They do. They need leadership in that way. And we're the same way with God. God hasn't come. Jesus said, I have come to bring life. And life abundantly but these are the parameters by which you will experience it it's through this gate it's in this sheep pen that you can have that but if you reject that then you will reap what you have sown but there's comfort in knowing that someone's in charge jesus said i'm the gate i provide the best sort of barrier it's like imagine a, a schoolhouse on top of a mountain and and there's a fence that keeps those children safe around that schoolhouse. Are those kids less free or more free because of that boundary? I had a job uh, many years ago in Charlotte where I drove a truck with another guy delivering stuff and the guy I would drive with, um, well, I had just gotten engaged to my, my wife and so I was excited about it, right? And I was talking to him about it, like, hey man, I'm getting married, it's gonna be great, you know? And he, he was an older guy and he was all gruff. He would smoke. 
And he, he was like, look, man, let me tell you something. I've been married three times. And I said, oh boy, here we go. Here we go. Let me tell you something about marriage, brother. It's the world's smallest handcuff right there. That's what he said. World's smallest handcuff. Then he went on and on. He was cynical and he had had a hard life. He made a lot of poor choices, blah, blah, blah. I could go on. But finally I said, look, man, your advice is telling me more about you than it is in helping me, okay? Just because you had a bad experience with it, it doesn't mean I have to. In many ways, he was assuming that the covenant hindered his joy, that it somehow ruined his life. But in fact, it was his decisions, his choices, his perspective about covenant, about boundary, that he thought it was limiting his life. It was really selfish, really. But here's the, the thing is that gates and boundaries, they expand our joy because we're free in that regard. Gates don't restrict us. They don't hold us down. Jesus said, I have come that you may have life. Also, gates show possession of property. Gates, gates, gates show that whoever's inside of that pen, okay, now you belong to me. I know your name, Jesus says. If you're within the sheepfold, you're mine. And I will guard what's mine. I don't know a lot about sheep. Not much of a farm guy. I've been around farm animals, of course. Here's what I know about sheep, though. They're not very smart, right? They're not very smart. They're prone to wander. They don't know what they're getting into. They get caught in stuff. Sheep are very easy to steal. Not that I've ever done that, but I guess you could. You just walk up and just take it, stick it in the back of your car, and they would just go along with it. They don't know. Sheep are not very smart. Sheep do things like this. Watch. А Буш, отойди. Нет, сам. Он боится и так нас отойди. Я пойдем. А Буш, отойди. Нет. Потяни сейчас сам. Вверх потяни. Ой, умничка, Риад, умничка. Ногу не сломай только ему. Умничка, умничка. За обе ноги. Молодец, Риад. Умничка, умничка. Все, операция удалась. Sometimes God knows we need to be protected. God knows sometimes we're our own worst enemy, that we need to be protected from ourselves even. And he's saying that when I am the gate, I have come to offer you that you are mine inside of this sheepfold. You, are, you will know my voice and you will answer and follow my leadership. And gates are also open to uh, outsiders, right? A gate can open and close. Gates provide access, they provide freedom of movement though. Gates also, they can provide welcome. They provide freedom in that way. No one likes to be locked out of a gate, right? No one likes to be left out. And gates then give you the potential to come inside. Gates give you the option to open that door or come through that opening. Gates give you that option. Jesus said, I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. So Jesus says, he's really saying, this gate, my arms are open and anyone may enter this way. If you do, you'll be saved and you will find pasture and you will live eternally. But this gate, while it's open to uh, outsiders, it is closed to intruders, right? 
You're not going to come in and take my sheep. I will beat them back. Now, other people are not the intruders. People that think differently than you, people from different races, people that are pill poppers and alcoholics and different problems, gay people, straight people, they are not our intruders. They are not. We are called to love these people. The other, the intruders, the intruder is the devil. He's the enemy of our souls. He hates everything that you are and everything that I am because we can bear the image of God. There's nothing redeemable about him. He's a liar and a thief and a murderer from the very beginning, Jesus said. So he's saying that outside the sheepfold, there is an enemy, an enemy that is prowling. First Peter tells us that the, the devil is like a lion that looks around for looking for someone to devour. There's nothing good or redeemable about this enemy. But Jesus says, if you're inside the gate, if you're inside the sheepfold, I'll protect you. And this gate is open to all those that would choose to enter through that way. And God's grace is available. But if you look at this picture again, you see an opening, but you don't see a gate. There's no like swinging hinge or whatever. So where's the gate? Did you know that shepherds literally will sleep in this opening? The, the shepherd literally becomes the gate at night. They still do this today. So they'll take their staff and they'll lie down across that opening and they are effectively the gate and so at night the, the, you can show the next picture at night the the shepherd typically will soothe the sheep to sleep and get them to lie down and then the shepherd will lie across that opening and protect his sheep and if anyone comes in they're going to get a they're going to get a staff across the temple you're going to get beat back you're going to you're going to protect your property jesus said you're going to step over my dead body to get what's mine but also you know what you can't because Jesus Jesus is alive so as Jesus says repeatedly I will lay down my life of my own volition and I will take it up again I will lay down my life as the gate literally for people to come in and out he looks at you and me and he calls out to us maybe there's someone who has strayed away from the voice of the shepherd maybe you don't even know what his voice sounds like Maybe you've strayed away and you've longed to be brought back into that sheepfold. And you've been trying to hop the fence. We've been trying to get protection and answers on our own ability. You can Google anything and that's how I get all my answers. That's helpful, but not for eternal questions, it's not. God invites all of us to enter through the gate, through him, for answers and access and protection, to come dirty Come weeping, come broken, come addicted, come with your problems, come with your pain. You don't have to clean yourself up first before you come to God. We're all in need of redemption. We're all in need of grace. None of us are good enough. And that's why it's good news. It's because God's grace is poured out upon us. We, we can't make ourselves righteous. Only the Holy Spirit can do that within us. So outside of that gate, you're vulnerable inside of it there's answers access and protection and Jesus says I will give you life and he knows your name he knows your story he knows your friend's story he knows what you've been through he knows what you will go through he's not surprised by what's happening in our world 
and he lies down across that opening and he will protect our lives. Maybe not in the way we expect all the time, but he will. As we hear this last song, if he knows my name, be reminded the shepherd knows your story and he loves you. Let's pray together. Thank you, God, that you are our shepherd, that you are the gate through which we can enter and find life and pasture and freedom. God, and that invitation is for all people. Thank you, God, that you break down the divisions of our world, that you don't see things that way, but that your love transcends our boundaries, that your love transcends the lies and the darkness that we maybe have fallen into, that you call us your own, and you bring us to yourself. God, this is the hope of the world. This is the good news, that we're not alone. God, that you have answers for the conditions of our lives. God, that you have protection to offer that will last for eternity. And that you offer free access to yourself. God, we receive that gift here and now in this place. And I pray for anyone listening that has never done that for themselves. They don't, they don't know if they're a Christian. They don't know for sure if they've given their life to you, Lord. I pray that they would do that now. Just say a simple prayer, Lord Jesus, I believe you're the gate and I invite you into my heart. Lead us, Holy Spirit, in this time of worship. We love you, God. In your name we pray, amen. Mm-hmm.